Unfiltered, the official Sunderland AFC podcast. Welcome to another edition of SAFC Unfiltered, sponsored by Alpha Security. Today, I'm heading up to the Academy of Light, and Danny is joining us via satellite link-up once again. And we're going to speak to Grant Ledbetter, who I understand you played with, not just at Sunderland, but at Ipswich as well, Danny. I did, yes. Um, both, obviously, at Sunderland when I joined. He actually had his locker next to me in the training ground as well. Uh, and then, yeah, as you say, when I, when I went over to Ipswich as well later on, he was at Ipswich as well, so... Played with Grant, two clubs. Um, yeah, and I, I, you know, I like Grant as a player. Uh, he's quite a quiet lad, um, a good lad, and uh, it's good to see him back at the club as well. You know, he's had a tough time, hasn't he, in the in the last year or two? But uh, no, I think I think he's doing well, and uh, let's hope he he can see the job through at Sunderland. Yeah, we'll get round to speaking to Grant in a second. But are you okay? Are you? Um, do you want to give us a quick update on how you've been seeing things over the last couple of weeks? Obviously, that unbeaten on the road record's gone, but uh, there's still plenty of games, isn't there, Danny? Yeah, there is. I think it's frustrating, obviously, for the players, for the fans, um, where we where we find ourselves. You know, we keep we keep saying, don't we, that we're we're close to the playoffs and we can't quite get on this run in terms of consistency and performances and just just getting us up into that pack. Um, you know, and the frustrating thing for me is on, on the teams, what we've played and what we've seen, who are sat above us, you know, from what we've seen, aren't much better than us, in my opinion. Uh, you know, prime example, Lincoln being top of the table and, and we beat them 4-0 with our best performance of the season. So it's frustrating. But at the same time, we've still got 60-odd points to play for. So got to keep plugging away and hopefully we can we can get on this run and, and uh, churn out some more results. Yeah, absolutely. And on his day, Grant Ledbetter is instrumental in those good performances we've seen from Sunderland this season, isn't he? I think he is, yes. I think he um, when Grant's on his game and when he makes us tick, he gets on the ball, he picks up the bits. And it, for me, he always has that, that vision or that picture of what's going on around him. And I know, you know certain fans might think, oh, they say he can't play in a two or he slows it down. But um, no, for me, from how I see it, I, I like him in there and it depends who's around him and how the rest of the team are playing as well. Because in League One, you know, it can get frantic at times and you just need that cool head in the team just to settle things down. And I think Grant can give us that with his experience. OK, then, without further ado, I'll head inside to the academy and you can join us on the laptop and we'll speak to Grant in a second. Uh, welcome to SAFC Unfiltered, Grant Ledbetter. How are you doing, Grant? Are you OK? Yeah, not bad, thanks. I'm OK. Um, let's start where we're at at the moment. We've just gone through the semi-finals of the Papa John's Trophy and we're currently seventh in League One. But how do you assess the season so far? We're pretty much just over halfway. Yeah, I think it's always, as a player, you always want to improve and as a team, you should always want to improve. Um, that's got to be the mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's been okay. Needs to be better. I'm not going to sit here and and say it's um, good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, as I well know throughout my career, there's a, there's a lot of points to play for, a lot of football to be played. Yeah. And as I say, I'm a big believer when the business end of the season is when it really, really comes to the fore, and that's where you need big players stepping up. Yeah, and how important has that cup run been as well, particularly to get other players around the squad involved in action? People sometimes don't give the, the this competition, which we're through at the semis, uh, much credit. But is it important for development and for squad players? It's important to win football matches. That's something football club. 
because I think when you when we're in the position we're in, and you're in, you're a massive club in a small division, I think the the spotlight's always on Sunderland Football Club. So no matter who you come up against, you have to win football matches at this level. So it's whether it's in League One or if it's in the Cup, if it's in the FA Cup, League Cup, and when you're always coming up against smaller clubs, the, the spotlight's always on Sunderland. And um, yeah, you're you're a scalp for teams, and but you've got to deal with that. And um, I suppose we have to deal with it a little bit better at the moment. Yeah, what do you put that down to? Anything in particular? Is it is everyone in the dressing room buying into how big the club is? Obviously, there's no fans there at the moment, so perhaps some of the the newer players don't know anything about. It. But you know, you grew up in in, in around Sunderland. You're well aware of how big the club is and how integral the club is to the success of the city as well. And it's, you know, it's an old adage, but if the club's doing well, the city seems to be doing well. Do you think that's understood in the dressing room? Yeah, of course. I think all players um, understand how big Sunderland Football Club is. Uh, it might be different um, because you know it's it's a massive club in in this division, and let's not beat around the bush. Every every player in this division wants to play with Sunderland Football Club, mm-hmm. so you know they, um, they want to impress. But I I go back to it. Uh, it's it's what we do day in day out, and yeah, you might not get results always what you want. Mm-hmm. But if you keep sticking to your belief and you keep believing and working hard, and I mean work hard every day, I, I believe from my experiences in the long run, you get your rewards. Yeah. Um, and just going to that day to day, how's training going at the moment? We've obviously had a change of manager this season as well. Has, has training changed a lot with the change of manager? And could you just give us a little bit of an insight of what training really consists of? No, training's been good. The manager's come in. Um, He's obviously got his own ideas. It's um, a lot of it is refreshing. Um, he's a young coach, a young manager, and yeah, it's um, and obviously I, I'm an older player now, and yeah, it's, it is refreshing to to see some of the things, the new things he wants to implement in the football club, which yeah, I've been impressed with so far. But yeah, as for training at the moment, it's quite hard to get that intensity in training. Yeah, because but- you know there's three games a week, so a lot of it's just um, preparing for games and. Um, sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't because I like to be intense every day. Yeah, um, going with those you just touched upon, with the, the amount of games and you know the, you, you touched upon your age there as well. How would you say your, your general fitness is at the moment, Grant? I'm good. Yeah. I'm good and I'm, I'm an honest kid. I'm an honest person. Um, I'm getting no younger, but as long as I'm, my, as long as my fitness stats and my performances mm-hmm. are as good as anyone else's. I will continue. Um, so, as long as my fitness levels is up there with the young lads, I'm I'm honest to say I'll always. And if it's not, and my years catches up, then no problem. I, I'm I'm an honest kid, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll always help the younger players. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I'll always fight for myself and and for my teammates and make sure I'm the best person I can be each day, and make sure I'm fit. Danny, do you want to come in? Yeah, Grant, just touching on that as well, mate. Obviously, you, you know, you're 35 and I was at that stage in my career when I was getting late 30s and you, you seem to get a lot of people questioning your age and it, it got on my nerves a little bit, as you're saying there, when you're out there every day and you're feeling fit, you're enjoying training and you, you're putting in the same work rate and the effort as every everyone else in the squad. Does it Does it annoy you sometimes to see when people are saying, oh, he's 35 now, perhaps he, he can't play every game or the system doesn't suit him. Does that rile you a little bit? Because it used to annoy me at times if if people were questioning, bringing your age into the, into the situation. Danny, I think in football, um, 
Peter wrote me off when I was 22 year old, man. Do you know what I mean? Peter wrote me off when I was 22 year old. And I've gone on to play nearly 600 games. So, and when I hit 30, I, I was at Millsburg when I hit 30, and everyone starts writing you off when you hit 30. And I'm like, yep. I'm fitter now than maybe as I was 18, 19 year old. And obviously, come to 34, 35, and obviously, what's went on in the last two years within my personal life. So, for people to keep writing me off, and I don't mind that. It's football. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mind that. I know within myself, my performances have been good. Yeah. Um, I'm pleased with yeah. my fitness levels. I'm pleased with um, how I've come back from, yeah, I would say a pretty bad time in life. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty pleased with that. So, yeah, I think I've, I don't, and, and to answer your question, and I really shouldn't say this, but I don't really care what people say because I've had a mule career. Um, yeah. People wrote me off 20, 21 year old when I started breaking through with Sunderland and certain things. I lost my dad and everyone start writing me off saying he won't play much again. I don't mind people writing me off. It's it's fine. That's mm. football. Everyone everyone loves to write negative stuff about you. Mm. And I've got no problem with that. Yeah. No, I, I agree, Grant. And I am... Um, sorry, Grant. Yeah, I mean... Just looking at this season alone, in the first sort of ten games, I probably give you man of the match three or four times straight away on the on the commentary as well. And I think you're not, the role you're playing is obviously sitting in front of the back four. Um, you're not in the team to be bombing it all over the pitch. You know you've got the legs around you to be doing that, and you just control the game. And I think your experience from playing higher shows at times. You know, League One can be frantic at times, can't it? And you're just that calming influence for me in front of the back four. You get on the ball and just settle us down and get us playing again. Would you say there's a system or a formation which you prefer to play at the minute in terms of the players we've got in the squad and which suits you? Are you happy to go with whichever formation the manager puts out on a Saturday or a, or a midweek? I think as a midfield player, I've always... People always say attack midfield, defence midfield. I think as a midfield player, you're a midfield player to do your job. You're midfield to, to run, to tackle, to pass and to control a football game. So it doesn't really matter what system I play or which position I play... It's something I've always done throughout my career. I've learned that I kind of like doing a lot of things on the pitch that people don't see. The, the, the little the little things that get the team moving, the, the little passes that keep the team ticking over, which a lot of people don't see. And I, I enjoy that. That's my I know my role in the football team. It's really evident, isn't it, when we're commentating, Danny, that Grant's awareness of the game is next level, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's what I call it, yeah, and I can see it. You know, As I say, them balls that are dropping around you, it's just having that picture, isn't it, of what's going on around you at times. I think some lads who perhaps haven't played higher don't have that, that picture in the mind when the ball's coming into them and it, it can be a little bit frantic, whereas you've got that knowledge, really, and that know-how of where, as you say, for instance, on... Um, Saturday, I think it was. Ball's dropping to you there, setting up. And you just played it into Aidan McGeady's path outside, your 10-yard ball outside, just having that knowledge of where people are on the pitch as well. Again, you can have young lads in the game who are, who are going to be bombing all over the pitch, but they haven't got that know-how what you've got after, after the, as you say, the amount of games you've played at the, the top flight and, and coming down the leagues. Yeah, it's, um, it's something I enjoy doing. I love controlling the football game. I love lots of touches on the ball. Um, it's something I've learned as I've got older that it's... I think it's appreciated a lot more within football than outside of football. It's, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I quite enjoy my role in, in the football club and in inside. So, yeah, I'll always do that role. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, let's take the conversation back before we get to where we are and maybe look forward as well. But you're Sunderland lad, Grant, and you came through uh, around about 2003 and you went on to play over 111 games, I think, uh, in your first spell. And then you moved on. Were you disappointed when you moved on originally the, from your first spell here? Was the time right? It was my choice. It was my choice to move on. Um, and I must say it's probably the best thing I've done in, within my life. Within my life, because I, I know at that point in my life, um, 
I, I needed to, to go and be my own person. Um, I could have quite easily stayed at the football club at the time. Um, but I knew my good feeling that that wasn't the right thing to do for myself. And for me, at the time, my me, me, me wife was pregnant. And at the time, I just lost my father. So really, I think moving away was a real good plus for me within building myself as a man mm-hmm. and, and knowing about myself. Yeah, and you could almost chapter your career in, a, in, in four, really, because you had your first spell here. You had Ipswich, where you were successful, of course, and Middlesbrough, where you were really successful. And then you came back. Did you always feel that you would end up back at Sunderland, though? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, to be honest. Um, it came up a few times. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I, d- I didn't think it was the right time. Mm-hmm. But um, the, when the opportunity came up, and I've said this before, that when the opportunity came up in, in that time, I just thought it fitted. Mm-hmm. I really did. I, I liked the challenge. Um, it wasn't about coming back to Sunderland Football Club to be a certain... I wanted to come back and help, not just on the pitch, off, off the pitch, because I, I knew... What was some of the stuff that that happened at the club, and you know, as a fan, I didn't really really like so, and and Jack Ross was absolutely brilliant with that, mm. and um, yeah, it's it's been challenging. I'm not going to sit here and say it's not been challenging because it's been different. Yeah, it's certainly been different from the first time round, and yeah, completely different, and um, you know, completely so, different circumstances. What I what I will say is I've learned a hell of a lot about football over the last two years, over the last eighteen months I've been here. A lot about football. Yeah, just going back to obviously Grant when you said you, you got away from the club and you felt it was the right time. And being a local lad playing for your local club, and especially in the northeast where you know the fan base is big and it's passionate, did you feel more responsibility in a way, having grown up being a Sunderland lad, supporting the club? And when results and perhaps you know times weren't going well at the club, did you feel that more on your shoulders as responsibility in a way, as being part of the club and being a player at the club? Would you say? Absolutely, yeah, but I, what I will say, yeah. I think I, I feel it more now being 34, 35 than what I did when I was 19, 20. Um, yeah. I think when I was 19, 20, I had a lot of good people around in the dressing room. I had a good manager mm-hmm. who always kept you on your toes. So, yeah, it hurt when losing games back then, but when now I'm a bit older, yeah, I would say it hurts me a lot more now. When, because uh, the feeling of responsibility. Yeah, like. not, not responsibility, because I've always took that responsibility on since a young kid. So, but the feeling of, yeah, the club's not where it want, we want Civic it to be. Civic pride, almost, then. Yeah, the yeah. club's not where it wants to be, and I, I, I've come back to this football club to take that risk to try and get it back to where, to help to be a small part of that. That's something, if I don't manage to do that, yeah, I, I'm not, that'll sit with me for the rest of my life, yeah. Yeah, so you've got, you feel like you've got business to attend to here, really. Yeah, and, and, and unfortunately I missed, I would say, 12 months of that last year. Mm-hmm. through other circumstances and yeah um, so even more so now not just proving to other people it's, it's about doing it for myself we can take this as far or as, as little as uh, on as you like Grant but you did take a well documented leave which you've touched upon a couple of times but you've returned to get man of the match performances you even got a goal of the month as well which was pretty impressive but how important was that break for you? Um, I'll put this here it's the hardest thing I've done in my life it really was the hardest thing I've done in my life. The day I went into Phil's office and told him I needed to do it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to... I've spoken at my parents' funerals, which you feel as if you have to, because that's your role as a son. But when you're doing something that you don't really want... I didn't want to do, but I knew I had to do for the sake of myself. Mm-hmm. I had to do for the sake of the teammates. I was club captain of the football club, so I felt I was letting people down. I let myself down. 
for four or five months, my performances weren't right. Um, the concentration levels each day in training wasn't right. So I think, um, yeah, it it comes to a head. And yeah, it was a, it's a decision that I didn't take lightly because I knew my age. Would I ever come back from it? And of course, uh, being someone who's been constantly training, playing since, you know, probably since you were 11 or 12 years old, to then just put the... Full, put a stop on your yeah. career and just no, sit down, walk away a, from it. It was a big risk I took. Mm-hmm. It really was. But, like, when you go through so much off the field, football's a small thing. And I, there's no one who loves football more than myself. And I take football every day proper and taking that time out with my family, with my kids. Yeah, I think a lot of my career I've put football first because I believe I've got to give me all to the football club so to kind of get that relationship back with certain people and going through the grief of look I know I should have took time off a lot earlier but I, I try to do the same process as what I did when I, I lost my dad to get back into football I always remember Roy helped me loads Roy, Roy gave me a bit of great advice about look you're a type of kid who needs to keep busy I want you to come in train every day. You, you have no time off. And do you think that worked then? Then, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, it worked then, and it worked. And I, I played for two years after that at Sunderland and really successful yeah. in the Premier League, and, and it worked. And I always remember him whispering to me, "Yeah, oh, I don't think it's good to take time off. I think you should work every day." I was like, "No problem, that's fine. I, I respect you massively, Roy." Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, and this time round, I, I always remember I was coming up to the playoff final, and. It was I signed in January and it was about the March time where things started to get mm. and I kept it to myself I didn't let anyone know kept it personal and yeah things deteriorated quite quickly around that and um, I was pretty quiet within myself which is unusual so yeah it, and I knew we lost the playoff final and let me tell you that was tough Yeah. and obviously the funeral happened a few days later but then I went away and I took no time off. Yeah. I took no, no time off. If we won the playoff final, I maybe took time off. Yeah. But we lost the playoff final. And yeah, I, I always remember at my mum's wake, I spoke with Jack on the, on the day, and a couple of coaches wanted to improve the, the group. So it's, I didn't take no time off mentally, physically, didn't work every day on holiday with my kids. And yeah, I, I, it caught up with me. I was going to say, so do you think if you, at the, at the critical time, if you had taken a step back, you wouldn't have had to take so long. Maybe's, maybe's, but it's, it's okay in hindsight, that really yeah. is. Um, who's to say if I took time off, I'd still be off now. So yeah. it's, it's that balance of, I believe I'd done the right thing and come back, but I know it was wrong because yeah. I wanted to come back and prove because we just lost a playoff final. Yeah. So when you lose playoff finals, you want to come back and be successful. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, I just, I got to a point where I was in a dark place, yeah. Speaking more broadly on this subject, though, Grant, do you think there is help within your industry for people who find themselves in, in, in a similar situation? And what what should be done? What can be done? I'm I'm openly proud to say I'm still working with someone now. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the, this this is not going to go away. Um. So there'll be people out there in similar situations to me, or and probably worse. So it's I can sit here and say, yeah, once a week I speak to somebody, which I'm openly proud of. Um, it helps me it helps me speak about the past and the family and the way I feel and um, it drives me on each day but as for helping football I think it could be a lot better um, I do 
because you, your your profile is very high, especially in the in the northeast, and you know you played at the top level, and for you to have to go through that process to get to the point of, as you said, a pretty dark place, to then reach out, how how immediate was the help when you reached out? Did you find? Doing it myself. So, I, I don't want to go into details. You don't, I don't have want to. to go into people who were at the football club or anything like that I'm not going to do that but yeah the club knew about my situation before I took time off about 20 days beforehand mm-hmm. so yeah them 20 days you could see it. you can read one into whatever you want to read into that yeah as an industry do you think support should be more immediate and do you think regularly Young players coming through need to be talked about mindfulness and 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 you know mental health as much as physical health. I honestly don't know. I I can't answer that question. Honest. Um, should it be sport about more? On the f- bad side, if you speak about more, does it become more of an issue? So, not more of an issue. Does it become people jump on it? Does it become that kind of thing? Whereas, yeah, you, we all have our pride, and I want to succeed each day. And that's ultimately you want to do your job properly every day. And it came to a point where, no, I was letting people down. I really was. I was letting people down around me. So, and when you have that good feeling waking up each morning, it's not nice. It's not nice, let me tell you. So, yeah, that's, that's completely the reason why I knew it was right for me to take time away. And to be honest, the COVID maybe has helped because I might have came back a bit too soon because the plan was that I was only going to have three, four weeks to settle things down. But I knew, I knew when I took the time off, this is going to be a long, long process, and I'm still going through it now. Yeah, I'm still going through it now, which God knows how long it's going to go. But I'm happy. Um, back p- focusing on football. I'm, I'm playing. I was like, obviously, you always want to improve, and I think that's a message I want to try and get across to the young lads at the football club. The manager wants to improve. Co- the manager, the new manager wants to improve young players, and I think if if I'm open to improving when I'm 35 come at the back end of my career I think young lads should look at that thinking if Grant wanted to improve I think young lads should always want to improve um, so yeah I think Danny knows Roy Roy was a big influence on me and I always remember one of the first times I met Roy and when I asked him about certain things and if and his response was you always improve you always improve no matter what age and that was when I was 19 year old so and if that's come from Roy's mouth then that sticks with you yeah. let me tell you it really did and um, since that day, I've never very rarely knocked on a manager's door because it's all about what you do each day. Yeah. It really, as Danny knows, it's what you do each day. Yeah. Yeah, as you say, Grant, I think, yeah, just the, you know, again, towards the end of my time, and you feel you've almost got a responsibility, don't you, with, when you're being the, the, the senior lad in the squad or, you know, you're the club captain and you're setting the standings out on the training pitch or around the training ground, you know, doing your gym work properly and everything like that. And I guess if you see the younger lads, if you're slacking off, it filters down to the younger boys, doesn't it, when they're in the gym. If they see you're, if you're having a laugh and a joke and you're not quite at it, same on the training pits, and they think they can get away with them standards as well, don't they? So you're almost that, that bridge between the, the coaching staff and, and the players, aren't you, in a way as well? I, I felt that towards the end of my time that, you know, you, you saw the gaffer's right-hand man, really, out on the training pitch. I've got to be at it, and then the other boys are going to follow suit. Yeah, yeah, and that's where it came to a point where I couldn't, I wasn't training well, I wasn't playing well. Um, I remember some training sessions that come off and I wouldn't know what we're doing which is let me tell you it's not me and that's when I knew there was something up so and that's when I knew that um, I've got to figure this out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. myself how much 
did it mean to you, the well of support from the Sunderland fan faithful for you during that period of time? Because a lot really stood by you. And I think when you came back and you put in those Man of the Match performances as well, they were very proud to see you back in the Sunderland shirt. Yeah, obviously, I'm massively thankful. Massively thankful for the support they give me. Because at the time, I wasn't performing well for the football club. So, rightly so. Um, but the support I was given from Sunderland fans, not just Sunderland fans, Millsborough fans as well, the support I got throughout the North East was, let me tell you, it was massive. Um, it made my family tears. It was quite emotional at the, t- at the time when it all came out. But yeah, the, the, the support I got from the fans was absolutely amazing, blown away. And when I came back, I, I knew I had something to prove. I knew I had something to unsettle business. Um, but I always knew that I backed myself. I backed myself quietly. I might not be the loudest person, but I backed myself, which I think you've got to. Yeah, good good with that inner confidence, mate. I like that as well. And um, just with the current situation, Grant, and, and the, the takeover talk with the new owner possibly happening in the next few days, maybe, um, how does that affect the lads around the training ground? Is there any chats? I mean, obviously, my time at the club with yourself, we had the, the Drummerville Consortium taking over with the Irish coming in. Um, do the lads chat about it much really around the training ground or is it a case of just getting on with what you do on the football pitch and, and training and concentrating on the football side of things? I think concentrating on the football side of things has got to be the way you've got to, to, to deal with things because at the end of the day you're employed by a Sunderland football club and you can't really take your eye off the ball um, and that's where maybe things have got to improve. You've got to concentrate each day, um, train properly each day. Yeah, so you can't think of outside negative influences that's one thing you can't because when you're Sunderland Football Club in League One, like I've said, you're you're a big, big scalp and people love writing negative stuff about Sunderland Football Club and it really annoys me. It really annoys me when people write negative stuff because negative stuff about Sunderland sells. You don't see many people write, writing positive stuff because Sunderland Football Club's in League One, they expect to win every week, so people's not going to write that. Yeah. They'll always find something negative to write about our football club and it's it's not right. It's not right, and I think people's got got to start standing up for that. About always people writing negative stuff, and I don't like it. Yeah, that's good to hear. Go on. Um, going back to where we are right now, we find ourselves seventh in League One, and something that's been a bit of an issue down here in League One is the amount of draws we seem to have had. I think forty-two draws, uh, and twenty-nine of them have been one-one. When you're involved in games, and you can sense that maybe a draw is coming or you you know we, we get a draw or it, how frustrating is that for you because but we're almost you know if we convert some of those draws you know the the table looks completely different doesn't it yeah it does it does there's obviously some good draws and some bad draws um and i would say a lot of us a lot of my time at the club we've had some bad draws because we've, we've dominated majority of games and come away with a point which is not good enough um so I'll always be honest on that front. Um, but, yeah, I think a lot of teams could sit there and say about results and stuff like that. I'm not one of these people saying if, but we do this, we do that. No, you've got to do today. You take today. In terms of the draws, or just in general, really, people are assessing that we've picked up more points away from home than we have at home. And obviously people are saying, oh, well, the crowd's not in there, so they can't blame the crowd for getting on the players' backs. 
What would you say is the difference in terms of our home form and away form or the results in particular? Now, I've been asked this question and I see it as at home, a lot of teams, especially in, in the lower teams, you know, your Burtons, Wiggins, they just come and pack it behind the ball and make it difficult for us to break it down. Whereas away from home, the onus is on the home team to come out a little bit more and attack and it suits us when it's a bit more of an open game. Is that how you'd assess it? Because as you say, at home, we perhaps have 60, 70% of the ball, don't we? And we find it difficult at times to break them down. I think everyone has their different opinions how football played, but I think as a player, I think you should you should always have your philosophy of playing your way. So if people put ten men behind a ball, people put ten, but you don't change the way you play. So that's kind of the message that I would like to put put on that. Yeah, because I, I believe if you're doing the the same thing week in week out, week in week out, in the long run it becomes easier, and you get your rewards. But at home and away, yeah, you spot on teams come and put ten men behind the ball. Even in some away games, teams have put ten men behind the ball, and but we've managed to get that that early goal, and maybe it's a second goal, and the game's over really, because we have good enough players to to yeah. dictate football matches. But yeah, at home, um, our home form's not being good enough. Let's be honest. But like I said, um, we're coming to the business end now, and um, yeah, I quite like when it's a bit intense in football. Yeah, lots of points to play for, isn't there still? Uh, plenty of room for optimism when you look at the table, when you look at that as well. We want to get to know you a little bit better, Grant, here on Unfiltered Podcast. So, away from football, is there any other sports you're really into? To be honest, uh, not much, no. No? Uh, football. No? Uh, my daughter plays football. How's she getting so on? She's, yeah, she's doing well. She's yeah. quite good. Um, so, yeah, I spend a lot of time going to watch her when I can. Yeah. Um, they haven't got rubbed you in as manager or anything yet, have they? No, I've not, not got too much on my play for that. <laughs> um, but no, um, away from football, I, I've just discussed it. It's family football for me. There's yeah. not much else really going on. What about in, in, at home then? Are you watching any kind of... Are you in the box sets or anything like that? Yeah, I've watched quite a lot. What, what's, what's Recently, what's been on the, the telly and the lead bit of the household? On the telly, there's always football. On the telly, in our house. Always football, but I would yeah. say when I'm travelling away... Yeah, I do watch a lot of box series and, and TV series. So, Stuff yeah. on Netflix and Netflix. Have you watched Queen's Gambit? I watched that recently. Couldn't get into it. Well, I didn't think I was going to get into it. Couldn't get into it. Was it was quite good. I've been watching Marcella recently as well. Because she completed the third season. Wow. Quite good. <laughs> Very unsettling to watch that, isn't it? Like, quite good. Yeah, I didn't mind it. But there's a few good ones out there. there really is. Have you got a favourite box set of all time? People say like... All so- time. Sopranos, Aidan McGeady said. Sopranos, I don't... Yeah, that's good. Of all time, I think I'd go back to I think the first two seasons of Prison Break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they yeah, were. Yeah, decent. Breaking Bad. Did you enjoy that? Breaking Bad. Didn't mind it. Yeah. Didn't mind it. Got a bit towards the end. Didn't really. Got a bit boring. I think towards the end. Yeah, dragged but, that. Yeah. Sometimes there's those duff episodes, isn't there? In the box sets when you think, oh, this is a a one just to stall it for a bit longer, isn't it? That often happens with yeah, the. What yeah. What have I been watching? Shooter. Uh, I haven't seen that, sorry, but I have seen it, yeah. That's quite good. And so I suppose you get a lot of time to, uh, doing some travelling this season, aren't we, on the buses? Yeah. So is that what you do, just get the laptop out and just watch box sets on the on the, on the coach? Is that all, yeah, all you can do? It. What about gaming? Are you a bit of a gamer? No, no, no. Some no, of the younger no. lads are, I bet, aren't they? I've never played a computer game for about 30 years. You must have been on the last... 25 um, releases of FIFA yourself? You've never thought about firing no, it up? And no, <laughs> no. Not really my, not really. The kids must like that as well, though. You've been able to see Dad on the, on a computer game, though. That's pretty cool. No isn't computers it? in our house. No the only computers in our houses. iPads. Yeah. Macs. 
Yeah, to be fair, to be fair, I was the same on the on like I I like the bit of bit of the shoot 'em ups like Call of Duty and that really. But again, as you say there about FIFA and the people who come up to you and start throwing out yeah, is it your stats off the cards and stuff that wouldn't have <laughs> a clue what, what, what they're people, going on about. You people know? believe all your staff from FIFA is actually how, how you are. Yeah, chat it's manager crazy. and stuff oh, like that. It's, yeah, it's. Yeah. <laughs> it's like coming to the real world yeah let's see what goes on <laughs> um, what about music do you like, do you like any kind of music yeah or? you won't like my music why Why do you think I won't like your my, music it's a bit I don't know I, I, I like older stuff newer not, stuff not just old stuff I like songs that mean quite a lot yeah yeah have you got but a favourite artist or anything like that artists I like Kelly Jones yeah mm-hmm. um, Ed Sheeran yeah but yeah, Kelly Jones is top. So it's like singer-songwriters and stuff. Yeah, like, like, like the words, the, the, the meanings behind songs I, I quite like. That's good. That's so, good. Yeah, it's. I'm not really... Don't get me wrong, I don't mind a bit of a, an upbeat now so the, when the, I'm on holiday. But yeah, so when the lads have got stuff on in the dressing room, is it a little bit like... What, what, what? No, I, I don't mind it. Don't I, don't mind. Mind yeah. I don't mind that music, but like, yeah, I, I, when I'm away from football, I like to just to relax and listen to some chilled music really good that's perfect Danny you want to come in great yeah just uh, just looking looking ahead then Grant moving forward um, obviously you know you're at 35 now you still feel you've got a couple more years you know strap, getting the boots laced up getting back out there and are you looking at getting into the coaching the coaching side of things after you've uh, after you've retired what are you thinking well my thinking is especially what's happened over the last two years I'm taking things day to day I take yeah. things day to day I'll, I'll one thing I will say, I won't be one of these players who carry on and carry on and carry on for the sake of it. I, I won't. I won't do that. You'll know when time's right. Yeah. I want to. I want to finish playing football on my terms. So I won't carry on for the sake of oh, I play football. I play, no, I won't do that because I don't think it's it's right for myself first of all. But I don't think it's right for younger players to yeah. to, to look up to someone who's just carrying on for the sake of carrying on because. I wouldn't do that but I still feel there's a real desire there to see someone back to where they should be and you want to be part of that don't you yeah of course it is that's the reason I took a big come back to the football club um, that's massive reasons um, I wanted to be a small part of helping the club achieve but yeah it's not going to plan as yet I've learned a lot over two years about things so which I'm if I ever go into coaching or if I ever go into management I, yeah I, I do remember a lot of things so Grant, would you say um, if if you did get promoted this year, whether it be playoffs or if we if we manage to get automatic, I know you've won the the championship with Middlesbrough. You promoted with ourselves years back under Roy. Would you see this as your biggest or most satisfying achievement to date with the where you're at in your career? Would you say if if you, we manage to get back up to the championship this season, was it tough to tough to compare them? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's it's tough to compare them. But what I will say, it'll, it'll sit well with me for the rest of my life. That's maybe yeah. it's a good answer. Because uh, if I don't if, if I don't achieve that, then it's something that's going to sit with me for, for the rest of my life. So I, I won't like that. So I will yeah. continue to do everything I can to, to, to try and get that achievement. So, yeah, I, I don't want that feeling for the rest of my life. Yeah. Uh, Danny, you, do you want to do your, your, yeah. your quiz now for, for Grant, just for listeners that may be listening for the first time? Danny has a, a general knowledge lockdown quiz with his family every weekend, which he takes a lot of pride in. And he's moved on from general knowledge, of which I think some of the people around the club, including Christian Speakman and the manager as well, did pretty bad. But um, So Grant's going to yeah. have an opportunity here. But you've, you've tailored it towards Grant's career, I understand. Yeah, I have, yeah. And I think I, I changed it after we, we interviewed Christian, didn't we? He had a, he had a stinking zero out of five didn't he on that pod so we've uh, we're in a different direction after that but uh, 
One more thing I was going to ask you before the quiz, Grant, is in terms of your goals, and I know you scored that screamer against Doncaster this year. Is that Where would you put that in ranks in terms of your favourite goals for Sunderland? I know, obviously, your goal against Arsenal meant a lot to you back in the day. Or would you put this one against Donny because you caught it so sweet, didn't you? Where would you Where would you rank them? Yeah, it was a good goal, but it didn't win the game, so... Um, True. But, yeah, scoring goals, there's no, there's no better feeling than scoring goals, but, yeah... I always remember there's a few, there was a few good goals in that championship season, so that, that were quite big for the club. Southampton away as well. What at Southampton away? Yeah, that Southampton away, but that one. Yeah. One, one that sticks in my mind was Burnley away, 2-0 down. And, and yeah. I, I made it 2-1, then Dave Conley makes it 2-2. Two, two. Dave Conley scored 2-2, two, two, that's right, yeah. And I, I thought that, that, yeah. that was a big turning point, yeah. I thought, because, you know, coming 2-0 down in the last 10 minutes that kind of the belief was that unbeaten run kind of kicked on from there as well so yeah I always remember yeah. that goal quite fondly uh, my turf move so good stuff ok mate we'll move on with the quiz five questions mostly about you and your career um, so we'll see how you get on ok so question number one you made your Sunderland debut in a League Cup game in September 2003 who were the opponents Huddersfield straight in Huddersfield yeah yeah, Huddersfield Town is correct, yeah. Do you remember the score? No, but I came on for John Oster. Yeah, you did come on for John Oster, yeah, I've seen that earlier, yeah. Remembers that, can't remember the score. There was six six goals in the game. 4-2, I think it was. It was 4-2 to Huddersfield, yeah. Well done, Grant. There you go. Off to a good start, Grant. Number two, in the 2006-07 promotion season under Roy Keane, you featured in every league game that season, but how many goals did you score that season? Nine. Was it five? Six. How many did he say? He said nine. Oh, in the league? In the league or seven? Yeah, seven is correct. Yeah, I was going to give you five, six or seven. Seven is the answer, yeah. There we go, two out of two. Knows his, knows, knows his stats, doesn't he? <laughs> okay, number three. Question number three. You joined Ipswich Town on the 1st of September 2009 for 2.6 million. You scored your first goal for them 14 days later in a one-all draw. Who was that against? Sheffield United away at Bramall Lane. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I've got Nottingham Forest 1-1 on the 15th of September. <laughs> Who's right? <laughs> Grant was really sure then. Nottingham Forest? Nottingham Forest 1-1. Is he right? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I can't remember Nottingham Forest goal. I can, re- I can remember Bramall Lane. I can remember a goal of Bramall Lane early on when I signed. I can't remember Nottingham Forest goal. Well, I'm, I'm going off, um, off your, your Wikipedia page here, mate. It says... 15th of September, you scored and your first goal came in a one-all draw against Nottingham Forest. So We'll have to have a steward's inquiry on that one then. It might be, it yeah. might, I might be wrong, but I can't remember <laughs> my goal against Nottingham Forest. Yeah. I can remember, me, I'm sure it was Sheffield United, but no. Go on, well, <laughs> we'll come back for that then. We'll have to do something with that in the, in the edit then, Danny. Okay. <laughs> question number four. Right, qu- question number four. In 2009, Grant, you came on as a sub for England under-21s in a European qualifier against Bulgaria. But who did you come on to replace that night? He's smiling. I've got him. You think you've got him here, Danny? Was that Milton Keynes? It was it Milton Keynes? I'm not going to give him a, good, a clue yet because he's, he's, he's going well here, to be fair. Deep in thought. Do you want a little clue? A little clue? Yeah. Okay, he, he didn't play in the same position as you. I know Theo Walcott. It, it was... Gabby Agbon Lahore. Oh, <laughs> okay. And question number five, last one, Grant. It's not about you, but it's about Sunderland, okay? So, in November 2000, 
Sunderland beat Newcastle 2-1 at St. James's Park. Niall Quinn scored the winner but after Gary Speed had scored the opener for Newcastle. But who scored for Sunderland to make it one all? Do you remember the game? 2-1. Quinny scored the winner. Gary Speed opened the scoring for Newcastle. But who equalised for Sunderland? Quinny scored the header. Was that the header yeah. off yeah. Mickey Gray's cross? Mickey Gray's cross. Yeah. That yeah. Was, that, 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 missed a penalty, didn't he, I think? That wasn't a rain game, was it? I think it is, isn't it? Was it not? Yeah, I, 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 don't think, I don't think it was Mickey. Kevin Phillips' chip. It wasn't that game, I'm sure it wasn't. Oh, yeah, because that was the rain because he spun around, didn't he? Who, whose chip did you say? It wasn't Kevin Phillips' chip because that, that was before that. I'm pretty sure. No, that, was, that wasn't that one. That wasn't Kevin Phillips. I'm going to go Somebody for... 2-1. St- who made it? One, one, Quinny scored a winner and I'm going to go Don Hutchinson. Don Hutchinson is correct. Oh, you're doing well there. You're doing well there. Well done. So what was that? So that was three and a steward's inquiry yeah, out I of five. I want a steward's inquiry like it's a current memory for a score. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, got it, I've got it three out of five. Again, I'll have to look at it, Grant. I'll apologise if it's not correct, but again, I'm going off the old Wikipedia page here. But yeah, steady there. I think it puts you with Luco 9, three out of five. Lyndon Gooch got five out of five. Does that surprise you? Top of the leaderboard, Lyndon Gooch. Yeah, you cheat though. <laughs> <laughs> Don't trust Americans. <laughs> Um, I, I, but, did, I did put a couple of American ones in there, did, didn't I? But fair. he came in the room and he said, I'll be happy to get one out of five. And then he went on to get five out of five. So, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Before before we go, Grant, a um, couple of things I just want to get in. Um, you recently uh, announced that you're raising money for, for Gemma Lee, who's the wife of your former colleague uh, down at Middlesbrough. Do you want to just t- tell us a little bit about that and why, why the money's needed? Yeah, it's, it's quite... Graham was was an under twenty three. He's coached my my seven years at Millsborough. Um, he's a good guy, good family. His wife Gemma, obviously, um, unfortunately being diagnosed with um, brain cancer. So, yeah, it's just a couple of weeks ago. It kind of it hit home really. That's it costs a lot of money for the treatment. So me and my wife came up with an idea. Yeah, my, my promotion shirt from Millsborough. Um, I I didn't want to put a lot of money at stake on it. I th- I thought. And I'm privileged to say that, yeah, within a few hours, all the balls are gone. So, yeah, the Millsworth fans, that's a massive thanks for them. Um, but, yeah, we're still, we're still um, I think it's opening up. I think it's still open until Sunday. I think the draw is going to be around Sunday time. So, yeah, I'm pretty pleased. And look, it all goes to, to Gemma and her family to, to help her get the treatment from Germany. So, which is a lot of money. OK. Um, just looking at the season ahead then, we've touched upon it. There's still plenty of time, plenty of games. Obviously, you're very determined, but, you know, is it, is it still possible? Obviously, yeah. Yeah, I, I think Danny can speak for it as well. I think at that time when we we won the league at Sunderland, we, we were way off it until March, really. So, yeah, just look, I'm not going to sit here and say, yeah, it's possible, because at the minute, we, we, our formats are improved. I'm honest, so yeah, the performing results got to improve, but yeah, I'm I'm pleased. I, I do believe my good feeling that yeah, we we can still reach our goal because um, there's good players at the football club. Uh, the manager's brought a new freshness and new philosophy to the football club, so um, yeah, we have to take it day by day. But yeah, I'm, I'm confident. Good stuff, Grant. No, all, all the best, mate. Yeah, as you say, I've tried to remain positive, haven't I, on the on the commentary and when we've done the podcasts. And again, there's still 60 points to play for, so long way to go. Again, it's just trying to get that little bit of consistency and, and building the results to get, as you say, when when we had that good run under Roy, I think we were 19 games unbeaten or something like that. So it's doable. 
But again, that comes with the consistency and performances, I guess, doesn't it? Um, starting at the weekend against Doncaster, mate, another one of those rockets. Yeah, another nice screamer would be can. good. Yeah, yeah, just um, take three points. Yeah. That's in, in a good performance. Because I believe the more, the more good performances you have, the more you're going to win games. Yeah, some, some, some games you're not going to win when you have good performances. You see that with the top teams in, in the world when they play well, sometimes they don't win games. But if you concentrate mostly on performing well each week as a, as a team, I think you win games more than you lose. Well, let's hope we'll see plenty more wins for Sunderland this season. Thanks very much, Grant. No problem, too. So that was Grant Ledbetter there speaking to us on SAFC Unfiltered, sponsored by Alpha Security. He didn't hold back. He went where we weren't maybe expecting him to go as far as he did, but... Um, He's doing really well at the moment and he, you know, he's gone through an awful lot over the last couple of years and certainly in his second spell at Sunderland, both on and off the pitch. And you know, I think I think he should be very proud of how he just spoke to us here on the podcast. Yeah, he, he was open, wasn't he? Um, you could see you know, what he's been through in terms of you know, he's, he's lost his mum and his dad and he had a difficult season last year you know, on and off the pitch and he took that breakout, spoke to Phil Parkinson. Um, and I think he's come back and I just think you can see him now. He looks mentally stronger. Um, I think his performances overall, he's been one of our better players this season. And you can see what it means to him now being back at the club. And it's like, you know, in a way, the final piece of his jigsaw, as, as we spoke there, he's, he's had the promotions with Sunderland previously under Roy Keane um, at Middlesbrough. And now he's sort of saying now if he, if he doesn't see us back into the championship, it, it won't feel right to him. So you can see he's still got that desire. And again, people are saying, oh, he's 35. Is he, can he do the job? From, from my point of view, how I say it, yes, I think he can. He's, he's integral into you know, a lot of the good stuff we do on a match day. I just hope that for his sake as well that he can get over the line this season with us and get us back into the championship. But uh, no, it was, it was a good interview, I thought. I like the way he's spoken. And uh, yeah, I hope he gets the job done. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, we called for a steward's inquiry. Um, can we now confirm the correct answer to question number three in the Grant Ledbetter quiz, please, Danny? Yeah, yeah. I had to have a quick look there, Frank, after we'd gone through it and he... Uh, you know, he thought it was Sheffield United, didn't he? But I have looked into it and his first goal was against Nottingham Forest. It was his second goal against Sheffield United. So unfortunately, he he was wrong about himself. And uh, yeah, it was a, a three out of five and not a four out of five, unfortunately, for Grant. But still a very respectable scoreline, three out of five. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was a good effort from him, wasn't it? So. <laughs> okay then uh, I've got a feeling these podcasts are going to come thick and fast over the next couple of weeks so uh, make sure you subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to and from this edition it's goodbye from us goodbye for now